friends, and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other. Oh yeah, it is not quite fifth major championship time here on Fairway Rolling. The Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter Joe House, my birdie buddies today is a three ball. We have, of course, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. He is on the ground in California, not out in Ponta Vedra Tour headquarters, but, you know, we'll make do. And we are joined by one of our most favorite, our beloved uh, gambling guru, our uh, betting buddy, Patrick Mayo, Pat Mayo from the Mayo Media Network. That is his YouTube channel. Of course, you can catch him all across the podcast and Twitter universe at PME. Pat Mayo. Hi, buddy. Hi. We just lost our national tournament today, so it's a sad day for us Canadians. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a second. The first tee is wide open for this three ball. Let's stroll on over, throw a few pegs in the ground. It's getting warm out here on the eastern part of North America, which means you and I could play some golf again. Pat Mayo and Hubbard never took a break. Let's throw some pegs in the ground and get this podcast out into the fairway. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's fairway rolling presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, boys. Pat Mayo, what's happening, buddy? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we were talking about that. I mean, it's it's golf weather in Toronto. Probably not quite as hot as it is in Washington, D.C., but you know, I can get it on the course right now. I can wear shorts. It'd be fine. There we go. I mean, it, 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 it's officially time. March 15th is when I'm allowed to start entering scores again. And I can't wait because I'm going to push that and that handicap. That's a, it's at least two strokes in the upwards direction. We have to sow the seeds for all of the sandbagging for the balance of this 2021 golf season. But the, it really feels like a lot of great things are coming together. We have fans at golf tournaments. The tour is having good success at continuing to fend off uh, COVID issues. We're seeing some great golf from some great players. We have incredible storylines. And let's just jump right in. The beefy one himself, the incredible bulk. We wondered aloud last week, Nate Dog, what in the hell are we going to do about stories in golf? We have stories in golf. His name is Bryson DeChambeau. We really debated last week whether to play him. At, for we did. We went back and forth. We decided to sit tight because we were like, let's save him for a major. Well, that's exactly it. But what we didn't really fully understand was his affinity for 
Arnold Palmer and how much he really wanted to win this tournament. I mean, Bryson was in tears after the API. I don't think he was in tears after the U.S. Open. So there was something about this one that really mattered to him. And holy shit, did he deliver. I mean, here's the message for us. The connection between this course and Wingfoot, and Pat, you got to weigh in here. But every time we have a very long course with thick rough, where Bryson's going to be hitting wedges into greens to take out a lot of the the difficulty in the greens. I mean, he's got to be the favorite from now on. That's the rule. I was thinking through this. The, the long rough really goes a long way, especially when he can muscle it out of yes. there. Even on some of the, like, the longer shots and getting it over water when there are hazard areas that is just not a problem for him. But it's something to do with like classical courses. We used to joke that any course you can play in a simulator that Bryson is going to be awesome at. But even to think like he's won in Detroit. In Detroit, I mean, yeah. it's a Donald Ross course. It's super old. I know it's an amalgamation of two courses when they play it for the Rocket Mortgage. But any of these historic designs, it's like Bryson's had the textbook on them for 35 years and he's just been going through. He's like, oh, I know how to take these places apart. So even yeah. Nearfield Village, another one, a Jack course. Like if it has a famous designer, feels like Bryson's going to pick it apart. Yeah, House, I have two stats for you. The first stat is that only Canadians use the word amalgamation without stuttering. <laughs> Very classy. And the second is Bryson was T42 in driving accuracy. He only hit 57% of his fairways. Like, but the guy was still T3 in greens at 69%. I mean, he's just kind of making a joke of courses that have the thick rough. It's actually an advantage to him when that rough is that thick. We've been talking about how maybe golf course designs, you know, you just got to really narrow the fairways and thicken the rough. That's actually going to help the guy. It may be that we just need to shave everything down. I don't know. See, the interesting thing from what um, Mayo just said, he mentioned Muirfield and that rough was up and it really only takes one hole maybe to completely sabotage the whole thing, which is what happened, why he missed the The three wood. Yeah, the three wood out of the rough. At the memorial, but one stat, and this is from the homie Justin Ray, no course on the PGA Tour has more approach shots from outside of 200 yards than Bay Hill. And Bryson played, There's there were 20 holes that, that fit that. He played those 20 holes at seven under par. And he had a proximity to, hole, to the hole from over 200 yards of 45 feet. That was, you know, for the week. And that was eight feet better than the rest of the field. So the thing to, 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 for us to do, all of us, is and and Pat, you can do it with your fantasy national. Are you gonna? You might have to work in a Bryson filter on fantasy national. It's funny because a lot of those 200 yard approach shots that he had were actually just the par threes that were 200 yards because none yeah. of the par fives he actually ended up over 200 <laughs> yeah. yards away. Yeah. So he kind of defies stats. Like there, it's funny because it's the best thing that's happening for golf now. And Nate, I know you've been buying the residency on Spieth Island, but I'm. Guess I didn't realize how popular Spieth is and how much oh, the man. general public loves oh, him. But prices are he, up in the hotel, man. He, Way up. He's a needle mover. So he gets like my dad called me. He's like, oh, Spieth is in it. But the other thing that he said, Bryson's in it. Like these two yeah. guys trying to replace a Tiger Void, a Phil Void, even a Ricky Void when he was good. The people loved Ricky so much. I and mean, we're talking about the players pretty much the apex of his career in 2015. But having Spieth and Bryson going well at the same time couldn't be better for golf. They're actually the two stars. Like, Dustin Johnson is a robot. No one cares when he wins. Yeah. It's great. We acknowledge he's good at golf. That's fantastic. Morikawa is kind of the same way. Like, he does it in such a Stenson-esque way that it's like, oh, he just went out and took care of business. With Bryson, he's yelling at himself. He, Lord knows where he's going to be on the course half the time. Spieth's yelling at Greller. He's fighting with everyone. He's in the water. But then he's chipping in from the bunker. Like, there's something exciting and personable about these guys that they're the real crossover stars. And the best part is there's something about the volatility of their game where Bryson can go out and win at Bay Hill. He might be last in the field for this week, for all we know. Like, that just happens to him every fifth event based on the style that he plays. And we know with Spieth, that's definitely in the realm of outcomes for him. Well, I want to pick up on the point you just made about the excitement. So 
we had at Bay Hill, they claimed 5,000 fans. It felt like 25,000 yeah. fans. I mean, I, I understand. Some guys made their way in through the fences. <laughs> it did seem like no it, doubt, right? Dude. Like the vibe <laughs> at Bay Hill was live. Yeah. And Saturday was especially mother effing electric. It was like, great. Hairs up on the back of my neck. I was not prepared for that. I didn't anticipate the the combination of like Spieth's hole in one was a, a full on adrenaline rush. Like you know, Johnny's at attention kind of fucking moment. Like we were getting into some golf, and it's only March, and there's fans at the golf course. And I'm gonna tell you, this is sappy, and I'm old, so it, I, I I I'll confess, you know, all all the reasons why this sounds so dumb. But like, ha- how about this? It felt like we're turning a corner, and I understand how stupid it is that I'm watching te- a golf tournament on television <laughs> down in Florida, and guys I've never met before, uh, these, these they're half my age, are out there playing great golf. But it really did. The the sound of the crowd, the enthusiasm, Bryson walking to the 6T, the gladiator entering the Coliseum, all that shit worked and it set me on fire. I mean, I, I did you guys get to see the, the Saturday uh, no, it was first part of the round? It was unbelievable. It was and and you gotta give props to golf for being the first sport to come back. And now really giving us the first crowd moment. I, I know there were crowds at the Super Bowl and the championship games, but man, it didn't feel like it. You just couldn't really pick up the energy because the way it was spaced out. That crowd together around the sixth tee, coupled with Bryson's just like doofus hands over his head. I mean, God. <laughs> Iconic. Just, just make it the new logo, you know? But But it was so great. It felt... Like it just, for me, it engendered this sense of optimism that was like light at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there. Everybody keep staying safe, mask up, go get the vaccine, but we are going to get to be fans of whatever you love. And in this case, it's golf live and in person before the end of the summer. And I can't wait for it. Yeah. Get in on this. Get in on this, Mayo. Get in on this sap fest. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't. I, I want to go to a tournament that's 20 minutes from my front door, and now it's gone. I can't do it this year. I, I got to wait for yeah. like yeah. 20, 20, 20, put it this way, 2024 President's Cup, Montreal. Let's all go to that. That's going to be we're, fucking We're amazing. in. Nate and I are, are in. But Mayo, did you get to see Saturday? Like, What was your experience with it? So I have a pretty similar routine every Saturday and Sunday. I got two kids. They're both under two. So I take them for a two-hour long walk to give my wife a break from it. So I just stream the radio uh, in the PGA Tour series broadcast from the app for those two hours. And it's usually right around right after the leaders get onto the course, somewhere around like two o'clock every single time. It's, you know, it's like clockwork at this point. Got to keep them in a routine. So I heard it both days. And then I ended up going back and watching it after the fact. But hearing the radio broadcast of it, they they linger on it a little bit more. And you can like hear people in the crowd. They're getting fired up. And I'm walking around, like pushing the kids. They're asleep. I'm like, it's going to be fucking incredible. And to hear someone describe, like listening to Spieth's Hole in One on the radio was awesome. And then they cut to commercial and I got to hear like Mike's Stone jams about golf, which are maybe I thought they were parody songs. Turns out they're not parody songs. <laughs> but they, I, I just want to talk to that guy for like eight hours now. But the radio broadcast is severely underrated. And yeah, when it the is. TV, the TV broadcast is getting better at showing guys. And on honestly, their audience isn't me for the Sunday broadcast. It's my dad that they want to get to tune in. But when you listen to the radio, you get to hear more of what's going on on the course. Like at the Genesis, uh, I think it was Mark Zacchino who was following around Max Homa. And it it sounded like Mark Zacchino had a thousand dollars bet on Max Homa. How excited (laughs) he was getting every single shot. Like he was going to win a million bucks. It was, it's just a different vibe that you get. Uh, And I actually kind of prefer the radio broadcast, but it's always just better to see what's going on. Like you can watch without sound and play it at the same time but experiencing the Bryson drives that way them describing the crowd and like oh they, they've talked him into it and like that's actually what happened it felt like yeah so it it very much on Sunday had major vibes and it was a combination of how tough Bay Hill was playing 
you know, we got Bay Hill at its sort of very best in terms of the challenge that it could present because of the wind. I think the field averaged over 75 for the rounds on, on, on Sunday. And, you know, the combination of um, the green speeds, the rough, Bryson, you know, a couple of, uh, of superlatives. He's the only guy on Sunday that was one bogey or less on, on the day. So very deserving winner. But we got great uh, theater out of Lee Westwood. Yeah, another old guy, another 47-year-old dude out Zombie here on the golfers. PGA Tour. We, we love that. And, and you we know, are, yeah. we by this point, Lee Westwood, we have a real, uh, at least I do, a real soft spot in my heart for him, you know, for the, 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 the only guy with the second place, you know, in, in, in the lead going into a Sunday in the nineties, the two thousands, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, that's pretty effing good. Uh, it just doesn't have a lot of wins to show for it, but there was a lot of theater. It was, it was dramatic. Again, it felt like major golf to me, Nate dog. I agree. Westwood could have won this golf tournament. He was first tee to green, but he was 37th in putting, and he missed putts all day on yeah. Sunday that he should have knocked down. He lost 1.2 strokes in the final round. He missed an 8-foot, 10-inch putt on two, an 8-footer on three that ended up in a bogey, a 12-footer on four, a 9-footer on five, 8-foot, eight, 8 inches on 14. He makes that great 19-footer for par on 15 to stay sort of in it, but then misses the 5-foot, 11, you know, almost 6-footer, on 16, he just, he had a lot of chances. These were makeable. I, I was disappointed because he really could have overtaken Bryson. So essentially he putted like Tyrrell Hatton did for every round. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What a wild week he had bookend 77s. Well, it's okay when he's the player's champion. I, I think, I think there is a new stat that Pat's going to have to factor in as he looks at who he's going to pick. And that is, especially if he's doing some live betting stuff, Anytime Bryson goes to the range on Saturday night, he's going to win. Like, it, it maybe is theater at this point, but it is working. And he came off after winning. You know, he thanked his sponsors like it was a NASCAR race. But <laughs> I love it. But Ricky also, Bobby! Yeah, but, but he also, speaking of Westwood, just to tie it up, House, he sent a really gracious Instagram post yesterday just saying, you know, I know the dust is settled, but I just want to compliment Lee Westwood. I learned a lot watching him. I was so impressed with how he played. Like, he didn't need to do that. Nobody told him to do that. He's this crazy, just like, uh, you know, he's just a conundrum for me because half the stuff he does I hate and half the stuff he does I love. I love what he did on the sixth hole this week. It was awesome. And I, he's just so much fun to watch in that way. Half the time you want to punch him, half the time you want to hug him. It's the Bryson enigma, right, Mayo? I love I love everything Bryson does. Like all the goofy shit he does on like Twitch, all the pre-packaged like Instagram, getting out of Bentleys and all that stuff. I, I just eat it all up. I think it's fantastic. And I love the hate that he spurs. It's the same reason I love Patrick Reed. I love the hate. Like these are the guys in golf that we need to yeah. like, listen, I, all I want to do is turn every sport into early 90s wrestling. That, that's it. So I need my villains that I can root for while everyone else roots against them. And it, it's funny because, again, just go back to Bryson and Spieth in this regard. Like, they're the same player, but the opposite side of the coin. It, it's really strange to me. Like, like I said, they're unpredictable in certain ways, but they're, they're unpredictable in the exact opposite way, except for making these, like, 50-foot putts. They both do that. Like, that's a magic beans type thing that they have. I don't know how they do it. Well, I yeah. want to pick up on that that villain beat for just one observation, which is what is with these rulings, the drops that, that Bryson gets? Like, let's stop calling the the PGA Tour rules officials. They're, these guys are like concierges. These are like the course concierge. Like, could you please call over the concierge? I would like to move my ball from one place to another. Concierge, could you please help me with this? And the concierge is, oh, of course, of course, Mr. DeChambeau. Let's move it six inches to where you would. Is this is does this feel right to you, sir? Oh, yes, this feels wonderful. Okay, go ahead and putt away. I mean, seriously, what is going on out there? If they're gonna let you do it, why wouldn't you do it? That that's a fact. That's exactly the point. You it's, it's a and it's the great point. Like they're just there to accommodate the players doing whatever they want. They give it the the 
uh, imprimatur of, of permissible behavior. The thing is, if the three of us are playing golf and any one of us finds ourselves in that predicament, we're like, sorry, bro, you're fucked. Go ahead. You got to chip it. Good luck. Yeah, but house guys who are not in the top 20 or not in the featured groups on TV do not feel this way about rules officials. They feel quite the opposite. They feel like they that that the rules are. They feel like the way uh, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert feel. The refs treat the Utah Jazz. Ah, oh, second class citizen treatment out there. Yeah, and so I I think that's the issue is consistency, and you know clear definition. I mean, look. Speaking of rules. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to when we get to the players this week. But now we're now we're starting to throw in internal out of bounds just to to prevent some fun from happening. Hitting it ninety eight miles right into the driving range in the parking lot is not ob, but blasting it left uh, of the lake on six into the third fairway turns out is ob uh, at API. So they're they're starting to have to implement on course weird rules that are that are clearly framed for some golfers and not for others. Dumb, right, Mayo? You know you're doing something well when people have to adjust the rules for you. Like, well, besides, I mean, this is what's happening like with Bryson a lot of the time now. And people that are just, you see the rule book in front of you. And I feel like Bryson has read this rule book front to cover. And he has memorized everything. Say, you ever play like Monopoly with people or whatever board game and they just know all the rules and they're, they're just going to flank you with some sort of weird technicality? It's like, well, that's not illegal by the rules. You can't do it. Bryson's kind of like that type of guy. But before that, like no one had a problem. Like people thought it was funny when Phil took a drop from the middle of a bush at WGC Mexico. But that's Phil being Phil. He gets all the breaks. Is this what you're talking about, Nate? Like if, if Mark Hubbard tried to do that, it would be one oh, thing. But if Phil tries to do it, it's fine. Well, I think what we've seen with Bryson is he's been working the refs for over a year. You remember him back at Jack's event when he was trying to get the rules official to allow him to move it from that iron fence. And remember, <laughs> he jumped over the iron fence and then he was trying, you know, and then and then he had the ant, the ant ruling. Yeah, later the on, fire ants. The fire ants and was all angry with the. So I, he's been working the refs for moments like this for a long time and. You know, he's Pat Riley of uh, of golf uh, officiating workover, I guess. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, 
brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, so we have our villain. Let's go over to Spieth Island for a minute. Oh, can we can we go come over aboard. there? I mean, he he's getting close, Nate Dog. He is extraordinarily close. We have to love what we're seeing from him. We just need a Sunday. I mean, the whole knock on him until five weeks ago was, well, he can't play the weekend. Well, his Saturdays have been fucking awesome. The best. We have outdoor pool parties on Jordan Spieth Island. We open up all the doors and windows. People hang out. It's the best. We just have to get him to carry it over into Sunday. And he is so close. I, I just, House, Pat, it, he's going to win the Masters, right? He's going to win the Masters. It, it feels that way, which is shocking to say. I actually think he might win the match play. Interesting. Die course. Anyone can kind of compete there. Like you see guys like Kisner, like you don't need to be the most accurate because we saw Bubba go there and win. You see Rahman DJ end up in the finals. It's almost a course where anyone can kind of play. And it doesn't seem like driving, it can be the most essential thing there, but it's not entirely necessary that if you just run into hot irons and a hot putter, which he's got right now, and oh. the driving's been weirdly good. So, uh, if anyone knows me, they know about fantasynational.com. You slash Mayo, you get yourself a discount on that. And you can go, a monthly membership goes players through Masters, which is probably the best time you can ever do it. But one of the things I brought up last week of why he wasn't dead in the water at a place where driving was so essential is that the driving has come back around. He gained off the tee at Pebble. He gained off the tee against the field at Riviera. Mm. He barely lost last week. And although you see him spray it everywhere, he wasn't in the water all that much. Uh, and that was good enough against this field yeah. last week at API. So you, we talk about certain guys like Connors and Ben Ann and Keegan Bradley. If they could just putt zero for the week, no positive, no negative, just zero. They're going to win some golf tournaments when it comes down to it. Justin Thomas might be the ultimate example of this. He wins tournaments while losing strokes putting. His tee degree is so good. That Spieth right now is in the situation where if he can just be zero off the tee and not minus four, he's going to win multiple tournaments. Quick side note, Keegan Bradley shot plus six on Sunday and still finished T10 if you want to know how hard it was out there. But I mean, House, I just want to hear from you. Do you believe in Jordan Spieth now? Not not only do I believe in him, yes. I, I'm going to ask you two guys to talk me out of playing him as my one and done this week. Not next I got, week. I, I got you. I got okay. you on this All one right, right now. Woo. I, I well, feel relieved. That's a, it's a relief. Talk me out of it. I used Spieth last week in the one and done, so that was good news for me. I was hoping to get the win out of him, but now you just said it. You believe in Jordan Spieth. I mean, Nate always believes in Jordan Spieth, even when he was dog shit. People are just right, all baby. over. And then you have me, and I've been a pretty big Spieth hater for a long time, but just seeing this come around and seeing the numbers start to match up, it makes a lot of sense that he's playing this well once again, knowing what his like upside talent level is. But everyone's back in now. There are no more detractors, which means missed cut this week at the players. Okay. Well, he's missed the cut four out of the last five times at the players. Uh, the counterfactual, though, is he's finished in the in the top five on on tour three of the last four events he's played. I did watch live from last night because you know uh, the the Golf Channel has to treat this event as though it's uh, quasi major. So they're right. all convened down there in Ponta Vedra, uh, and it actually was a, a good show. I mean, I I I, I enjoy live from anyways. I, I think it really does achieve the desired effect, which is to take an event and kind of elevated. It gives it a little bit of, of heft and Brandel and, and, uh, Justin Leonard did a little, uh, segment on Spieth and Justin Leonard had a couple factuals that were, you know, I don't know who Justin Ray's replacement at the golf channel is, but the, the dude's doing a good work or the, or the young lady. I mean, whoever it may be, um, there was, uh, a, a factoid that they dropped about how awful God awful Jordan Spieth has been between 75 and 125 yards this season. He is on from from 75 to 100, 
and from 100 to 125 yards. His wedges suck. Over 200th place in both of those stats. He is not in the top 200 on tour in either one of those categories. And I think those shots matter at this venue. Well, we saw a bunch of conversations this week, last week, even in Phoenix, Pat, where he and Michael, it, it, they're overthinking these wedge shots. On, uh, I mean, th- we are getting great caddy player conversations, but it's always Michael going, no, no, Jordan, you need more. And Jordan's like, no, no, I think I'm going to absolutely just toast this sand wedge. And he puts it in the front left bunker every time. He just doesn't seem to be dialed in to his distances. Do you agree? I do, but maybe he's playing the game where he knows he's going to chip in from the bunker every 50% of the time. <laughs> so he, that, that's just a part he's of his play. Uh, I'm looking at it right now because one of the things I hate about stats, especially when you're like, oh, during the 2020-2021 season, he's X. Well, I mean, who really cares about what Smith did in October? To yeah. be perfectly honest. Sure. Like, That's right. And all and all that gets lumped in. So I, I sorted it down to the past 24 rounds. Uh, in this field in particular, at the players of 154, he's 154th from 100 to 125 yards okay. over the past 24 rounds. But from Ooh. 150, from 150 to 200, he's like top five in the field. What the hell? So which of those shots? Now I know you've run the analytics, and let's go ahead and, and start sliding into the preview uh, of the players. I do want to make sure um, as we slide into this that we talk about Rory because R- Rory, speaking of terrible wedge shots, Rory is about to hurt my feelings. I mean, I keep saying nice things about Rory and he keeps taking a shit in a bag and sending it to my house. Strange, <laughs> strangely, Rory from like that 100 to 125 range has actually been really good recently. It's just, it's like the his old school range of like 125 to 200 where he would just dominate that's where he's been having problems now he's just never that close to the hole anymore he's not he's not the proximity to the hole is bad and he and he seems lost he was frustrated when he walked off the golf course on sunday he, he was it's a focus issue more than anything cuz he's turning in great rounds he is but when you say focus in the fall the thing that he said that was keeping him he thought from, you know, performing the way he performed earlier in the year was the lack of crowds. And you and, know what and, I'm building you up to and for now this week, the ele- baby. the electricity is back. So what the hell's going on? It, it just was back last week for the first time. And guess what? He was never in that lead group. You know where the electricity was? It was around Bryson and Jordan. So with more fans back this week, hopefully it'll extend. I mean, I think... Uh, I think it's just a focus issue. The game is all there. He needs to string four rounds together. Can we just please not leave API without mentioning that Jay's Jazz Jen Watanon? That's your shot- guy. Jazz hands. Jazz hands put it right on you. The golf gods always come for the official world golf ranking manipulators. He hits the hole in one on Saturday and on Sunday he's plus 12. So just, you can never, Jazz was great. He had his moment in the sun, but the, the golf the golf gods are always watching. Didn't he still uh, finish top 30 with that? Uh, I think maybe he did, but he still shot plus 12. It wasn't a fun day. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, it, it was it was tough sledding out there for Jazz, but he was just edged by my boy, the Gim Reaper. He yeah. also had a very brutal Sunday. <laughs> tough day tough day for Doug Gim. I love so Doug Bayo, Gim. Du- Watch out for Doug Gim. He's good. Oh. Okay, he's, I mean, we he's lo- playing we, well right now. He speaking really of is. ball strikers, right? That's a guy who who has some class, who has some quality, uh, second shot, second you know approach shot kind of play in him. But I want to know from the Mayo Fantasy National analytics angle, what are the key components of success as we walk up to this not fifth major situation this week? Strangely enough for someone that just spends all day on Fantasy National trying to figure out what the path is going to be, the players doesn't really fit into any of these molds. It is truly the most unpredictable tournament of the year. And there's a whole bunch of factors for that. One, uh, 17 holes have water on them. So Dustin Johnson makes two bad shots. He misses the cut. It just it happens to top guys every single... Actually, it doesn't happen to Dustin all that often. But top-end guys just all of a sudden explode. Like I went back and I looked at the DraftKings scoring for like 2019. Obviously there was no 2020 in 2018. Um, when the year that Webb Simpson won this event, so he was $7,300 on DraftKings. I believe he was 80 to one to win that year. The top six guys on the leaderboard were like 
when you play a stars and scrubs lineup, the top six guys were all scrubs. There was no good players at the very top. So the length of the course kind of brings everyone into play because it's not like someone's just going to go bomb and gouge TPC Sawgrass. It's Pete yeah. Dye, so it's messing with everyone's minds. There's bunkers everywhere. There's tiny greens. There's runoff areas. Like, I always used to love Martin Keimer. Like, this is the second biggest bet I ever hit was Keimer, 80 to 1. I had the utmost confidence in him that week. He'd been playing well in Europe. No one had seen him over here, basically, at all. Uh, and then you just follow along the European stature. Like, all right, he's playing pretty well here. But at any spot where you can putt from off the green and not have to chip, Martin Keimer's good. Uh, Webb Simpson's another player who's like that. He does have a good short game, but if you can get a putter in his hands from off the green, all of a sudden, he's a lot better too. So there's just so much blow-up potential, and it really mitigates the one skill that separates all the top players from everyone else, which is the off-the-tee work that they can all do, mixed with, obviously, the best irons. That iron play is going to be substantial. You're going to have to hit a lot of fairways, and where it's a club-down course, you're going to see some of these bigger drivers club down, and that's going to improve their accuracy, but it's just more of a level play playing field when it comes to sawgrass. So approach is going to be the biggest factor, but that doesn't really mean much because you still have to think like Brian Stewart this week, just to throw out a name as someone who can get super hot with the irons once every 12 tournaments. And it happens. And from like 125 to 150, he's going to find himself in that range where he doesn't normally find himself at most courses that if he just hits his irons and putts well for the week, like he could come sixth at this tournament. And you'd be like, what the hell is going on here? And that would, I, I think he did it at Quail Hollow the year that Justin Thomas won the PGA championship. And like, other than that, he's like Mr. Miscut at majors. Like it just, those type of guys will pop up. When Rory won, it was Furyk and Eddie Pepperell and Johnny Vegas. Those guys have no correlation to one another at all. So it's hard, just, Whoever everyone likes this week, don't take them and take the guy no one's talking about. <laughs> well, speaking of guys no one's talking about, we do have 31 first-time players, and that's a function of you know not having the tournament um, played all the way through last year. There's a 154-player field, or I don't know if it dropped down to 153 because Brooks dropped out, but... Um, uh, 31 first timers, including like super quality golfers like Colin Morikawa, like Victor Hovland, uh, the homie Homa. I, I can't believe this is the homie Homa's first time out there, Nate Dog. Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin uh, Neiman, and Will Zalatoris, is everybody's uh, favorite analytics dark horse. Nate Dog, what do you think? Is there any chance for a first timer to come out and win this thing? Is there any precedent for that? Siwoo Kim, I think there is precedent for it. I mean, I, I'm really still sitting with Pat's thoughts on basically there being no correlation because a lot of times we look coming into golf tournaments at guys who are in form. And what do you do with a guy like Victor Hovland, who last week, House, we were convinced after his recent form that he was going to play great last week. And on the weekend, he shot 77 and 78. So I, he's one of those guys that I don't even know how to how to touch a guy like that based on based on what we're coming into. There's a few people further down the board who who would be first timers. I love the way Christian Bazudenhood is playing. Shot a first round 65 here last year before it was canceled. He was solo seventh last week at API. You can't not love the story, the continuing great story of Chris Kirk, who was T eighth last week. And, and then, like you said, first-timers Scheffler and Neiman sitting there at 50-1. to 1, Boy, those look like guys who, they're, they're due. And, and Scheffler's going to win a golf tournament at some point. Pat, wh where do you come out on Scheffler right now? I like Scheffler. So there's a whole bunch of these guys that we kind of group, and they seem to be grouped together in either pairs or they're a trio. Like Neiman, or I'm sorry, Neiman's sort of on an island of his own where he's in between the top tier and this kind of like middle tier of burgeoning stars. Maybe even throw him in with Sungjae because everyone just forgets how young Sungjae is all the time. And when we talk about Morikawa and Hovland, like those are the two. Matthew Wolf always gets thrown in there because of the major performances he's already won on tour. So like those three guys are on an island by themselves. Sungjae and Neiman live somewhere in the middle because they've had a ton of success on tour. And people, they, but they didn't go to college. They came out so early that I think people forget that they're like 22. And then you have Zalatoris and Scheffler. And now, I mean, 
my guy, Doug Gim, he's on like the next year down with Justin. So once he starts getting playing full time on tour, but there's all these guys like Bobby McIntyre is another one coming over from Europe. We're going to see Gregor Higo at some point come over a South African who's actually really good on the European tour that there's all these young players and we kind of treat them differently. If they have a good week, they get vaulted up. Scheffler is kind of dropped down, which is strange because he hadn't got a win. You know, well, he has the syndrome that every time he gets into contention on Sunday, they finally show him on TV and he puts it OB. That's his move mm. every mm. single time. It's kind of crazy. And then like, we even forget about certain guys like Cam Smith, like Cam Smith has had seven of eight awesome rounds. He couldn't yeah. make a putt in the final round of Riviera. And he had one of the worst rounds ever at the third round at the WGC. But to go back to the Hov one point, it's funny because you say, yeah, he had the bad weekend. We all saw that. Would we still think that he was in good form if he missed the cut on the number and we didn't have to see him play on the weekend? Yeah, we, we'd, we'd be thinking about him the same way we're thinking about Patrick Reed, who did exactly that. I mean, Patrick Reed, MC Patrick, absolutely stuck me. I didn't even confess on on this week's pod. <laughs> uh, Nate, what, what we talked through, oh, God. we did the analysis of who was I going to put in, in the, in the Mayo cup, in the one and done that, that the, named after our guest this week, he has this excellent one and done, uh, tournament going right now. How, how, how many entrants Mayo? Uh, there is 3,300 and yeah, here's uh, some good news for you house and myself included in this, uh, for all the people that aren't doing so well, there might be a new one popping up here uh, for major season. <laughs> oh, great. Just another way. Well, obviously I will double down. That is that, just that, that what goes I needed saying. Yeah. More but, chances. Uh, you know, it, it, we, I, I moved off of, you talked me out of Bryson and we decided that we'd save Bryson for a future one and done uh, moment, something WGC or major um, to get the bang for the buck. So then we kind of settled on, on Hovland. And then at the very last minute, I pivoted Nate uh, and played Patrick. I played MC Patrick. Oh. Uh, well, it makes me feel better. I, do you wish yeah. you played Fitzpatrick? Cause I talked to you out of Fitzpatrick. I mean, I, I, no. I was very open about the fact that, he was going to make me look bad, but I really didn't think he had a chance to win last week. The whole world was on Fitzpatrick and he finished yeah. tied for 10th, which was, which yeah. is fine. And I do, you know, I will, I'll never play Matthew Fitzpatrick again. So, you know, in that respect, I probably would have, it would have been uh, sensible to have played him um, in, in this moment. But, uh, you know, looking at this tournament coming up, I've, I'm feeling uh, a bit lost. I mean, Hovland is, is still available. The thing, one yep. of the things that that um, is out there, speaking of, of friends of, of the pod, Jason Sobel, in his write-up this week on the Action Network, made the observation that over the last 10 years, uh, so the past decade that this tournament was competed, the winner of the players has finished no worse than tied for 22nd place. So if you go matters in the, in the week that matters, yes, four matters. Exactly right. And lots of guys over that period, looking at the three tournaments leading up to the players have really stellar uh, and exemplary play. I mean, Rory was on fire coming into the players in 2019. It, his three previous results were sixth, second and fourth. Webb, when he won in 2018, 21st, 5th, and 20th. Now, Siwoo, a little bit of an mm. aberration, and he's the one that's, that is, this really is like the Siwoo standard when you're talking about 22nd or better in the week leading up. He was 22nd in the tournament he played before the players, and he missed the cut the week before that, and he withdrew the week before that. So he, that, he's that, the, but that, oh, hold on, that is good. See Wu Kim leading for him, like that's like the formula. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Nothing's more he, he, he withdrew at API too, so we're, we're in good hands here. I I just feel, look, the notes I'm getting from the course are that it is in the best shape people have ever seen. It's just pristine this week, and you know, we are going to be back, not fully with fans, but this is, th the fans here are going to be as loud or better than last week for sure. This feels like a prestigious tournament with a prestigious winner this week. And so I, 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 I as much as I want to go down the, down the list and go to some of the, you know, first timer guys, 
who you wouldn't normally pick, and I, I listed a few. I still think, House, we got a cluster around some some of the more sort of top-tier players. Somebody's going to come in and win this who we know. I don't think we're going to be too surprised. I mean, falling past the 50-to-1 odds seems like you're making a bad decision if you're trying to pick the winner. Oh, Nate. Nate, 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 Nate. Come on now. <laughs> you know how much money I lose on these bums at the back end of the field every single week. I could play them top 20. I could play them top 30. No, no, no. You give me outright winner odds at 500 to 1. You give me someone like Andrew Landry. I'm good to go. Fucking stay off Mark Hubbard this week. Let me tell you that. House, who are we going to... Like, let's go. Who are we, who so are we pulling I, this I, week? I want you guys now to talk me out of... Uh, another guy who um, has been a, a perpetual heartbreaker uh, for me, and that is Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> That's the reaction that Tommy I want. Fleetwood. That's the kind of reaction I love. Now, tell me why you immediately burst into laughter when I say Tommy Fleetwood. Listen, Tommy has a good chance at winning. He has been picking up a whole lot of steam. So there's two players, and it's funny how you can kind of match daily fantasy to the gambling market a lot, that there are certain players that are just popular no matter what they do. They play poorly. Maybe you see a little bit of a decrease, but everyone just wants them to do well. Fleetwood is one. Xander is the other. Every single fact. week, Whatever you project them for, they're just 10% over that. Like, like, oh, I think Tommy Fleetwood will be like 20% owned. Like, no, he's 40% owned. People Simmons want is that way. Fle- <laughs> Simmons is inexplicably all over Tommy Fleetwood. Simmons loves Fleetwood. Because the game is so enticing. When it goes well, you're like, oh, Tommy just shot 63 at Shinnecock. All right. And then Saturday, Fleetwood shows up and shoots 76. And this time it was actually the reverse. He had a nice Saturday and it finally had a bad Sunday. It used to be what Ricky would do for years, where it'd be round one, round two, Ricky's in it. Oh, good. He shot 78 on Saturday and then he'd shoot like 65 on Sunday. It's like, oh no, it was just one bad round. He'll figure it out. And it turns out he never does. Fleetwood could most definitely win this tournament. For sure. But I can't envision a scenario where I'm putting my hard-earned money, which I do not make a lot of, so it means a lot to me when I lose it every single week, to walk up to the counter or go on my app and bet Tommy Fleetwood and not bet Tyrrell Hatton, who's a far better player. Well, I I like that because Hatton certainly fits inside of that top 22nd category. He showed us something last week except for Thursday and Sunday, but he showed us something. <laughs> well, the Saturday that he showed us, in fact, Pat Mayo and I, in the, in the, in the preparation for this week's <laughs> show, had an exchange, a text exchange, and, and, and Mayo shared with me that he jumped all over Tyrrell Hatton no, to, to win the you. API, right? He got, he got you. 750 to one after round Juicy. one. Well, I just, I just looked at the numbers, like, but like off the tee, he was fine on Thursday. Approach game, fine. Chipping, fine. He lost four strokes putting in round one. Like that, that's the ultimate in-play move. Just find the guy who bled all the strokes in one round and be like, well, Hatton's one of the premier putters in the world, and he just had the worst putting round of his career. I think he'll figure it out. And he did for two days, not substantially so. And then it all reverted back on Sunday. But looking at, like last week, he finished 21st. He was third tee to green. So let, let's get at who your uh, heavy lean is this week, Pat Mayo. So I, I will be betting Hatton and Reed. I just think those numbers are wrong yeah. based on their win equity versus the rest of the field. And sometimes that's what you need to do in these circumstances where I don't want to take anyone from the top because I think this is a crapshoot tournament. And that's not to say that Rom or Dustin or Xander or whoever is going to win, but you know, one 10 to one bet gives me three 30 to one bets. And I think just kind of spreading your money, at allocating your money around for deeper odds for top tier players. It's the same reason that I bet Morikawa at the WGC. It's like, oh, here's the number six player in the world. He's 45 to one. That makes no sense. Let's just bet him. And Reed and Hatton, their win rates worldwide or even just on the PGA Tour. I mean, Hatton does most of his damage overseas, but he did win API. We've seen him pop up in these tournaments that his win rate over the past year is like, 13% or something like that. It's nuts compared to everyone else where someone like Finau and Xander, people love to bet on, but they never end up cashing. Like if you finally hit a Tony Finau win, like you're down still half your money for the amount of times that people bet on Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. Great players, but there is something when it comes winning time that Reed and Hatton have. And a lot of it is just putting related that when their putter is going well, Webb is the same way. When the putter is going well, 
it's really good. They're gaining like six, seven strokes on the field. And everyone's putter can go bad. Dustin lost 10 strokes putting at the WGC. That's never going to happen again in the rest of his career, more than likely. Um, so when I'm thinking about the 10 to 1 guys, the 12 to 1 guys, I love them, but I'm just not betting them. I think where I'm going to start my card but beyond those two guys and really try to keep it small Cantlay and Morikawa. So yeah. this is what I wanted to throw to you guys because I've been making this comparison for like two, three weeks now. And Nate and House, I want to get your thoughts on it. Hovland's upside is Rory. That's whose game he reminds me of the most. Once he figures out the short game, just like Rory did when he was young and he turned into a great player, Dustin too. They figured out the putting. They figured out the short game. They were able to put it all together. But Tita Green and ball striking, he is such a monster with the distance that he has. Where Morikawa is already better Stenson. Like, that's his upside. He's not going to drive it 350 yards. He's going to drive it 310 in the middle of the fairway and have the best irons on the planet every third week. And that's what wins at the players. So I want to say something about Hovland that is going to sound disparaging, but it, it is not. Uh, it is instead an aspect of his overall uh, presentation that endears him to me and it's very, very funny to me that you mention Rory because I have been calling Victor Hovland high Rory for about, I don't know, at least a full calendar year. As long as, 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 long as he's been prominent on there, he seriously looks to me. And again, this is not double gummy Rory. He does. That's literally it. I think that Victor Hovland looks like he's had two edibles and is out there playing but there's something about his comportment, his the approach. He he looks like Rory kind of to me, except for he looks like he's high. And he doesn't look, he never looks like he's actually out there putting the pedal down. It just looks like he's having a great round with his buddies and the two edibles are going to kick in at some point. And he might beat everybody's ass because that's how effing good he is. But I I just, that there that I don't know why that connection is there, but I mean... I'm on high Rory. I love high Rory. <laughs> I got I got one more for you. Matthew Wolf is Bubba Watson. Oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. okay. Nate, what do you think about that one? Oh, I don't know that I can. I mean, that would imply a he's horse for a couple courses, which we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I I look. Matthew Wolf is not playing this week, and I'm worried about him in the same way I'm worried about Kepka. That. You know, you got you got a swing that just because of its construction makes the guy swinging it prone to injury. I, I want to also um, mention the Morikawa thing. I want to kind of run out that ground ball. He he is while this is his his sort of tournament debut, the first time he'll be able to play this. He played last year in the first round. He shot four under yeah. on on Thursday, and I do think he's a guy that is a great fit for what. Um, this this tournament, you know, kind of re requires. But House, he hasn't had a lot of back-to-back -back super strong performances. Now, he he talked about the sort of mental letdown after the PGA, and we've heard about that from other first-time winners before. But do we think he is a, a guy like the top, uh, other top 10 in the world who can actually show up and fight for the win every week? I, I, so Mayo says yes. Okay, well, we why, just need to see it. Yeah, that's it. Well, why do you say yes, Mayo? I, I just, when you have that, it's it's almost like Justin Thomas in a way, where when you have the, like, there's only so many players in the world whose irons get to a level where they're just sharpshooting. It's like classic Rory would do it like twice a year. That's why he'd win by eight strokes. It's like he did everything else he does normally well. And then all of a sudden the irons are like, oh my God, he's putting everything to two feet. Morikawa is just one of those guys. Not to say that he is going to do it this week, but... He does it on no. the most consistent basis of any player over the past 18 months. So I'm just going to roll with that. Okay. I, I, I'm i fine with it. I want to make sure. So I'm going to join you, you um, Patrick, in the read play. It looks like he's available around 40 to 1 um, yeah. to win. There is obviously some... some uh, some pricing going on here that that takes into account what he did by missing the cut at Bay Hill and sticking me right in the in the rear end with that. But like you know, his, his short game, like what we saw out of him at Tory, um, in terms of of touch, is just uh, in, incredible. Like with that level of short game, 
then he's definitely in contention if he can keep it in the ballpark at, at Sawgrass, right? I think so. And you never know. You're like, you're going to know which Patrick Reed is going to show up like nine holes through Thursday. Like, is it going to be bad Patrick Reed or good Patrick Reed? And he's, and that's why you get for a guy who wins approximately, I think it's like one every 16, 17 tournaments. He is the only one of these winners that we get at great odds. Like if you're only bet on golf all year was you took a hundred dollars and you just bet it on Patrick Reed every single time he played over the past four years, you would be up a lot of money because he's inconsistent. So these miscuts push down his odds and mm. people hate his guts. So no one likes to bet on him. So they have to give you better odds to entice people to bet on him. It's almost like when you see, you know, when the line goes up to minus three and a half for from minus three, because all the money is coming in on that side in a football game. It's the reverse for Patrick Reed. They have to get, they're begging you to bet on him. And they have to give you 40 to one. So he's always fun in that regard. But the, uh, the only correlation I actually found, and it might just be anecdotal because of the field strength at some of these places, but five of the past 10 Wyndham championship winners have also won at Sawgrass. Oh. And Reed and Reed's won the Wyndham. He's a Wyndham he, guy. Webb's a Wyndham guy. Siwoo Kim. Siwoo si, won. Sir, yeah. si, Sergio Stenson and Davis Love the third. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Nate, I want to talk about a guy that you're a big fan of and is a, a frequent topic on this podcast. Uh, and he's available at odds that are not Typically, Justin Thomas odds. I see him right now at 20 to 1, 19 to 1. What do you think is going on with JT? Now, we saw a stretch of really bad play out of him that seemed to be attributable to the passing of his grandfather uh, and, um, you know, some reaction that he had to Tiger's car accident. Is Justin Thomas, nobody has more birdies over, you know, the last half decade at Sawgrass than Justin Thomas. What's your JT radar showing you right now? Well, I think this is the this is the best opportunity to bet Justin Thomas you're probably ever going to have until his career is done because the first few months of this year have been brutal for him. He had the he had the comments in in Hawaii uh that that got him into hot water and and he spent a lot of time dealing with that, losing sponsors. His grandfather passed, he had the Tiger. Th I mean, this is as low as we're going to see him. And by the way, he's still striking the ball pretty good. So I think just as Pat said, you know, you're seeing Patrick Reed get pushed down. There's a lot of people not thinking about Justin Thomas. Now at 20 to one, it's not a great deal, but uh, you know, this is one of the top five, probably top three golfers in the world. It's, it's not often you get 21 on a guy like that at a tournament that he has not won in a moment in which he's pretty hungry for a win. The most bet on golfer this week, Justin Thomas. Okay. So the Run. public, Get the the public fuck sees out of there. it. Okay. I'm out. I mean, his, his form line, his trend line was 35th, 11th, miscut, and third. Yeah. Um, so he's outside of the magic, you know, tw 22, the C Woo bar um, that we established that Sobel <laughs> had put out there over the last. 20 uh, years. Well, I need you guys to help me on a one and done. I already burned Patrick Reed. I stayed away from Matthew Fitzpatrick last, last week. Mayo, is, is this Matthew Fitzpatrick week? Is this a good week to play him? It's funny. There's a few guys like that that everyone loved last week and they didn't have good weeks, but maybe some of it was weather related. Maybe they just had a bad event. Maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, no one wants anything to do with Fitzpatrick, Molinari, or Sam Burns ever again, or Louie or Rose. Now, Rose looks like his back is actually a problem. Uh, even before he put those three in the drink, like he was struggling to, but like Louie, he probably just didn't feel like playing. Whoever knows with Louie, he was just, if his traveling bed didn't show up with him, then, you know, he wanted to take the week off. But Louis is interesting, more so from a daily fantasy perspective, I think, because uh, he'll be so low owned rather than an outright bet. But I think it's Molinari, your boy, Franklin Onions, the, to go look at. Frankie Onions. Okay. So he has a bad week at Bay Hill, whatever. He has three top tens in five starts in 2021. He's had two bad rounds the past three years at the players. But in the three years before that, he was top seven each of those years. Like, this feels like it could really be a Molinari course still. And now no one wants to play him on in daily fantasy. No one wants. I think he's 125 to one or something. That's juicy. I see him at 120 to one. That That is uh, absolutely lovely. Two guys that we will recommend to all the Eagle enthusiasts out there. Chris Kirk, if we're looking for somebody yep. in form, um, no had doubt. a great 
Sunday, we kept we we saw him a little bit on the on the broadcast. Uh, and so, you know, and he's a, he's a great story, uh, top tens at the Sony and last week at the API, three other top twenties inside of his last seven starts. So, you know, Chris Kirk, uh, down the, the board a little bit, 140 to one odds wise, uh, draft King salary, FanDuel salary in like the $7,000, uh, dollar class. And then you, you, you cannot come to this golf tournament and not play Ian Poulter. I mean, you have to figure out a way to work Ian Poulter in all of us. If he, he, he's a, he specializes in, in Pete die golf courses. It's not like there's anything about his form that we would say, Oh my God, you got to play, but he finished top 30 at, at, at Bay Hill. He had a uh, tied for 25th at the masters. He T- finished inside t- the top tied 20. for first in commercials. <laughs> yes. To, with Justin Rose, Rose and, and Poulter tied for first. But look, Poulter at this venue ha- has the the proven track record. Um, so those are just we we've covered a whole bunch of guys, guys for folks to look at. That's enough for everybody to build their lineups. I need a one and done for the for the Mayo Cup. Nate, help me. Did, did you burn Cantlay? I did. I burned him at at the Genesis. He, Which, he's the play this week because uh, I think because because I'm probably going to use Cantley. Cantley is just I mean I brought him up as I someone I'm betting to win it 22 to one, but he's just in form. This is a perfect tournament for him, and he was fire round one last year too, along with Morikawa, Hovland, Bezaden out, and Hideki of course. But Cantley has been used by like 60 percent of people already, so people just can't use him this week for that 2.7 million. And so House, you did not burn Hovland last week. I did not. So I have Hovland, my eligible candidates, the guys I'm leaning yeah. towards. And one of the things we also know, and it's, it's apparent from the last 10 winners of, of this golf tournament, it's guys who are capable of winning majors. That's yeah. not a, a, a shocker. So Hovland, you know, I, I feel pretty box. comfortable. He checks the box. I wish I still had MC Fatrick. I mean, I, I, I'm disappointed that, that uh, he, he burned me the way he did last week. Um, so Hovland, it feels a little premature for JT. We want to see it one time I, I, out of I JT. I want you to save him. He's going to okay. win a major this year. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm going to sit on JT. The other candidate, and you guys, Mayo Ooh. audibly just busted out laughing, is Tommy Fleetwood. Because I just, I, I, I'm not going to save Fleetwood for a major. You know what I mean? Why Fleetwood over someone like Sungjae, who this is a perfect course for? Well, I burned Sungjae. <laughs> That's that would why. be why. Okay. I, I had him. I think I played him uh, at the Sony. These are your choices. Hatton, Hovland, Spieth. But you guys said it's not Spieth time. I asked at the very uh, early in the show about Spieth. And now you're back on him. I just told you I think he's going to win the Masters. But yeah. Uh, you, you should save him for there then. I mean, I wouldn't listen to Mayo because you're competing with Mayo in this tournament, and he's probably going to tell you he's, he's going to be like, "Yeah, go with Fleetwood." Look, Mayo's on record; he's playing Cantlay, and I can't play Cantlay. I have two teams, by the way. <laughs> I forgot about that. There were you were allowed to enter five entries. I only did one as a See? as a man of integrity. Put the big boy pants on. Who are you picking? Hovland. I'm going to play Hovland this week. Uh, how about this for you? Because where the players is so unpredictable, I think it is a week just to take someone. You could even go down more down the list here, I think, in terms of like a top 20 type player in the world to really get away from the ownership. And you need to catch up. So you got to start taking some swings. I don't think anyone's going to use John Rom. And I don't like his odds to win, but of uh, all of those top guys, I like Rom the best. He got burned by Rom in the worst possible way. I used him at the concession. And that's why no one's using him this time, because he couldn't... Could. That was my thesis. So you know what I'll do? Matt Fitzpatrick is in the top 20. So I'll, 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 save, I'll save my guy, Hovland. I'll save High Rory and his edibles. For and I'm going to play and say... Well, I honestly think Hovland is, is for a WGC or a major. I really, okay. that, that's the caliber of play. I okay. just find the situation for him that's right. I mean, look... Hovland at Kiowa makes sense yeah, to me. You save DJ, you save Bryson, you save JT, and you save in Jordan. That's your major pool. I mean, you got this is it. This so is as fine. close to a major as it could be. So for the I, money, it's it's absolutely right. I just don't want you to save Hovland for too much longer. Okay. All I, right. And I, I don't think you would ever get Dustin at lower ownership in that tournament either. 
just tell me whether or not DJ is going to give a fuck this week. Can you please but, tell but, me but, that? Uh, that I can't. I know that I, I don't think that he went to the Walter Gretzky funeral because if he came to Canada for it, he wouldn't be able to play this week. Oh, it's a great point. He would have to quarantine. Victor's your guy. Of, Victor's I'm your off guy. DJ. I'm, I'm, I'm on Havlin. All right, boys. I mean, I, you know, we, we hit a lot of, of names out there. Funny enough, none of us think that Bryson's going to repeat, huh? No. Just, just like last week. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can I ask one more question? Please. To the two of you guys. So I, the name I didn't bring up that I actually do like because he's been destroying Pete Dye courses is the Mexican Allen Iverson, Abraham Answer. Uh, mm. He's been excellent. But here are two names, Nate, I, I want, because you've been out there seeing these guys. Why can't Russell Henley or Kevin Na win the players? Those are really good questions. Kevin Na just has to be hot with the putter and he's always got a chance. And Russell Henley should should have had the same odds as Victor Hovland this week, except his form of late hasn't been quite what it was the beginning part of the year. Russell Henley all the way down at, I mean, what do you guys have him at uh, odds-wise? 100. 100, 100, right? He's a very, very, very interesting top 10 bet this week. Well, somebody, you guys should play him because I'm out on him. So that means he's definitely due. Uh, Henley is a guy I played out in California and he stuck it in me. So I, I'm I'm off Henley. Uh, I'm but sensing yes. a trend here. Well, I, you know I I can't you get play shipped him in, in by the, the guys you bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the betting; it's the, it's the one and done. Like I'll bet these guys on the yeah. weekend if there's a matchup that I like. You remember I said I would just waste my money on some of these like absolute jabronis from the down down on the list. Yes. Here's one. I don't know what odds you're seeing, but you might see like 400 to one. JT Poston has won the Wyndham and come inside the top 10. His past two starts at the Heritage. T20 in his only ever start at the players. And his putter is smoke show right now. If his wedges show up, he could put his way to a victory. So that that for sure. So that's where you get value playing a top 10. Go go hunt a top 10. He's got to be at, at between 8 to 1 and 12 to 1. JT Poston I, for a top 10, I, right? I think he's 12 to 1 to become top 20 this week. Oh, that's spectacular. Okay, there we go. I mean, that there's our lock uh, of the week. Eagle enthusiasts, par-saving pals, birdie buddies, top 20, JT Poston. Don't use the whole mortgage payment. Maybe just use half of it. There, There's your stone cold fairway rolling lock of the week. It is the Players' Championship. Pat Mayo, Nathan Hubbard, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. All right, you could guys, everybody can find Pat Mayo where? Uh, at the PME on Twitter, the Pat Mayo Experience Podcast. You get the audio, you get the video, and of course, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that monthly discount. Five tournaments for the price of four, uh, and it's super cheap anyway. If you gamble or play daily fantasy, you're probably going to want to use Fantasy National. Not going to lie to you. you, you got to do it? it. All right, boys. Thank you very much. Everybody out there. There you have it. Lots of great names, great odds, great opportunities for return on investment. We will be back next week. We'll know who the player's champion is, and hopefully our wallets will be a tiny bit thicker. I don't know. Until then, let's all hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.